Nando's Chicken grew their orders by six times after adding QR code table ordering to their locations. Welcome to the Restaurant Growth Show podcast. We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more. This is episode one. Hey, it's Gordon. This is the Restaurant Growth Show podcast, where we talk about how restaurants can use their technology to boost their sales. We've got a lot to talk about this episode, but first, let's introduce our guests. First, we have Jose Albus, co-founder and chief growth officer at Modern. With more than 25 years of online marketing experience, Jose has successfully founded and operated companies in software and hospitality. Jose's passion is to continue to build technology to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Right beside Jose, we have Alex Cook, VP of sales and also a co-founder at Modern. Alex's experience in the hospitality industry spans 30 years, including 16 years selling POS solutions throughout North America. Alex's deep understanding of consumer behavior led him to pioneer hospitality, mobile ordering solutions. Lastly, who am I? I'm your host. My name is Gordon. I am the resident digital marketer at Modern. I specialize in demand generation, paid advertising, organic search, and email marketing strategy. I run a digital marketing program called 90 Days to Success at Modern, where I teach, you guessed it, restaurateurs how to sell their food online through digital marketing. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? We're doing awesome, Gordon. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you. Welcome. 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 Awesome. So welcome to episode one. We're really excited about the Restaurant Growth Show podcast. Um, So Nando's Chicken 6X'd or, or multiplied their orders by six times by adding QR code ordering to their online ordering system. You guys have been doing online ordering for quite some time now. Are you guys at all surprised by by the growth by Nando's? Not really. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it's amazing to see that some of the pieces of technology are contributing so clearly to the growth of a company like Nando's or, or any of them. By, um, by the looks of it, uh, they have implemented QR codes really well. I think that probably um, it's just it's beyond just a simple QR code. I have a QR code that pulls a menu. I'm pretty sure that it is more. I have not seen it, uh, but I'm certain that it is something that, if properly done, uh, I'm going to think I'm an increasing performance in, for a restaurant, uh, especially during uh, the the times of where there is uh, challenges with staffing. And why not? Yeah, absolutely. I would add there's no there's no secret. There's a labor shortage out there. And it's one of the number one issues facing the hospitality industry, not just out here on the West Coast, but right throughout North America and beyond. And when you take a look at companies like Nando's, what makes it successful when they're going to the QR code table ordering is that they're invested into the program. And I think for anything like this, any sort of um, new program that we're implementing, 
if the restaurant tour is invested, they'll see success. If they're not invested in it and they just sort of implement it with hopes that it's going to be successful, they're not going to see the results that they're hoping for. Absolutely. And, and it, it sounds to me like, you know, uh, Nando's is, you know, a, a very well, obviously, it, it, they're a very well known brand. They've been around for quite some time. It's a very popular um, uh, quick service brand down in the United States. And, and the ability for them to roll out sort of initiatives just like that, like the QR code ordering, the table service, kind of leads me into to, uh, more of Jose's um, expertise here. Jose, you know, in your experience, what are, what are some of the ways that, that additional ways that multi-location organizations like Nando's can, can not only boost their sales, but they can optimize their operations similarly with QR codes? What, what's your, been your experience in that? Data. It's all about managing information. It's all about uh, being able to structure information flow in a way that that supports operations uh, from a both centralized from headquarters all the way to also some independence uh, at the location level, um, so that the the organization can achieve two things: one, operate as a, as an entity um, with a flow that optimizes operations, but most importantly that at the location level, they are they have the flexibility and the capacity to actually serve that local surrounding neighborhood that may have that nuances and differences that uh, will make them successful at, at, the, at the local level. So it's, it's a global optimization, but also empowering the location so that they can actually give that personal service that all eaters usually enjoy so much. Absolutely. Alex, with your background in, in POS, working with uh, restaurateurs and, and operators, what are some of the differences in pain points that you have, have seen with restaurateurs during the pandemic and, and post-pandemic, post, and I use air quotes? Good question. So let's go during the pandemic. Uh, the biggest challenge facing uh, restaurateurs of, of all different types during the pandemic, especially those who had NC dining, was the fact that they lost their NC dining. Um, and then they're also competing with the dollar of delivery companies. So the uh, DoorDashes, Uber Eats of the world, which were taking a healthy profit. And that was the number one pain point in the hospitality industry. But also, it's one of those uh, services they couldn't live with and couldn't live without. Um, they were providing a valuable service, but they were also cutting into their profit margins. So, you know, when we look at a, a situation like this from a restaurateur's perspective, they have a lot invested in their company. At the end of the day, they need to be able to have some sort of profit level. If they're giving it all away, then what's left at the end of the day? You're basically providing yourself a paycheck. So we take a look at how we can put the ownership of the app and the brand back into the company's hands and help them keep some of that profit. And we do that through both takeout and also delivery. We'll talk about data later. Um, when I look at as the pandemic is starting to uh, be in our rearview mirror, the, the main thing facing us right now, the main challenge for hospitality uh, operators is the shortage of employees. The delivery side is still there. That's not a question. And I think as we move away from the pandemic, it's about understanding what is the right online ordering solution for your business moving forward? And understanding the power of online ordering is a customer-facing tool that can help provide a restaurateur with so much information, both at the table level, takeout, delivery, that they can use this to help 
build their clientele base, but also maintain it and also create customer loyalty so the customers are coming back on a regular basis. And that's what I see right now is how do we deal with this employee shortage? Uh, the QR code ordering is one solution. Everybody has a phone now. Um, everybody understands how QR codes work. Uh, they've, they've all ordered online at some level, but this can be used in a number of different ways. It could be 100% ordering from the table with a QR code paid every time. It could be a hybrid where the server is still managing the table. And if you're doing it from the table, it could be that you either pick it up at a specific pickup location, bring it back to the table, or a server delivers the food to your table. It's just about thinking outside of the box for a lot of these operators and realizing that there are solutions um, that they don't have to invest a ton of money into. If we take a look at self-order kiosks, which has come up on a regular basis, that costs a lot of money. You have to invest in the hardware. There's new software. Everything needs to be rewritten in a code that works for the kiosk. The reality is we all have a kiosk, every one of us. So this is a self-ordering kiosk at the table. That's a great point. I, you know, I never really made that, that connection, uh, you know, the, the, the handheld kiosk. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the other piece that, um, that, that we hear a lot is that with that complaint, uh, it creates a lot of noise and, and, and only a few restaurateurs, I would say, have come and, and realized that they am, or that know enough their business and their operations that they understand how many people could, could be replaced, no, but not replaced, like taking the job away, but replaced by in terms of operations for efficiencies through a QR code. Like some may understand that from five staff running around in the, in the restaurant, they could go down to two or sometimes one just because of the QR code. Uh, only one person that actually goes, picks up the food and has all that personalization, that information of the of the customer that's there in the table before they even talk to them the first time is Mr. Alex. How would you like uh, how would you like the same uh, steak like as before? We know that you, you've ordered it before and they can give a, a further um, further service that doesn't require for you to be memorizing to be that awesome waiter that it's it memorizes all the all the information of the of the regulars. Anybody could have an experience as a regular. Everybody could be treated as a VAP. That's medium rare, by the way. That's how I like my steak. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make one more point on this, and and this is uh, something we talk about with businesses, and um, we hope that this really sets in. We're not out there to try to take away any jobs from service staff or, or employees. But the fact is, if you're struggling trying to find employees, you still are trying to create a business model that's going to work for you and your customers. Um, I have a saying out there, and this is what we talk to with our clients, that this is the cheapest employee that you can hire. And tell me another employee that can do customer acquisition, customer attention, customer loyalty, do table delivery, take out orders, organize them, and do delivery right to the home for a small monthly fee. Think about that. And memorize by the last time that they came, what they ordered, why they prefer, and all of those details that make the, the user experience or the guest experience so powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. The, the, the level of personalization that we're really getting into that, that restaurants necessarily aren't used to automating are, are beginning to um, conceptualize what, what that is like and how to um, roll that out with certain programs. So 
Um, pivoting a little bit of our of our conversation, there there seems to be from a macro level, from an industry level, a bit of a um, a dip, I guess you would say, uh, for various reasons in terms of consumers ordering online, especially from restaurants over the last few months. Is this uh. is this in your opinion? And this will go. This question can go out to the both of you. Is this a trend? Are we trending downwards? Is this something that you've seen before? What what what's happening here? I, I'll I'll take a. Um, I don't think it's dipped as much as it's it's plateaued. But that's a natural evolution of what's happened in a post-pandemic era. So during the pandemic, when there's no table seating, everybody is ordering online. So now that table seating is opened up and we're in summer and people are traveling again, it's only natural that we're going to see a plateau or even a slight dip, as you said, Gordon, when it comes to online ordering. Long term, I think we're just at the beginning of where this whole industry is going. And as we move into fall and winter time, well, guess what? All these restaurants that are super busy right now in the summertime are going to be looking for ways to get their sales back up again when it naturally slows down, which typically in, in most markets, not every market, because some actually do better in the winter, but they will slow down in certain parts of fall and winter compared to spring and summertime. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, just just thinking about, you know, weather you know, obviously it's, it's, it's nice outside. I don't mind walking down to, you know, uh, you know, my favorite, uh, restaurants close by I tend to order delivery or takeout a little bit less during these, these warm months, but man, when it gets cold out, I think that, yeah, I, I'm definitely trying to, trying to stay warm at home, you know, under the covers and, and get that, that takeout, uh, get those pizzas delivered right to my front door. So I guess that, that does make a lot of sense. Also, employees are going to be coming back to work. Um, we're going to see more employees in the office uh, as we start to get back to normal more and more, but even more so as the summer's ended. People are finishing their summer holidays. The kids are back in school. Well, now we're back into these programs. We have to take care of feeding the kids and the family, and we're on a much tighter time budget. So how do we manage that? Um you know, and I think that's why you're going to start to see the interest pick up again as soon as we hit uh, beginning of September. I think that in, in general, um, as uh, there was a big adoption of, of, of uh, mobile commerce, e-commerce during the pandemic. Um, but there was also a big adoption of technology by restaurants, which also means that um, if played well, there will be uh, that the digital space for restaurants will have will become eventually uh competitive like with restaurants this is also going to be part of what they do i know that there's a romanticism like that we're going to back to normal therefore back to normal is almost i don't need online but the reality is that technology usually stays in, a, in one form or another and it has an impact uh, because the user at the end is the one that drives it so what will happen is that technology will become easier for restaurants to 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 use and they will get into doing much more activities that are related to online and, and technology. It's just because it's just gonna be the, that new natural space where users hang out, therefore you better hang out there so that you can continue selling and growing your business. It's gonna become more critical. So as soon as as, as we go after this um, realization uh, and, and we finally get over the romanticism that we're gonna go back to normal, um, and this, th there's a new understanding. It really sinks in. 
um, those activities will start to drive a growth in 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 the industry that we haven't seen that that may have been a little bit um, fantastical because of the pandemic, but then after that drops and stabilizes, it will continue be gradually higher, but not much higher than than just the organic natural before technology was actually being adopted so much space. Yeah. That's so on that I'm... note, um, mm-hmm. Gordon, I have a question for you, and maybe Shoot. you can continue on this part of the conversation. I'm all for it. Let's go. It, in in my experience right now, restaurants still don't understand the power of online ordering as a customer acquisition tool. Why do you think that is? That is a very loaded question. That's a great question. <laughs> no and simple questions here, Gordon. That's right. That's right. No, no, I appreciate Throw that. Curveballs. <laughs> in we're in working with um uh you know, literally hundreds of um, small business owners, operators, and restaurateurs. It, it, I think, I think Jose touched on it um, as well. That adoption of the technology within the restaurant industry, within hospitality, was never a priority. The priority was in-house seating and the ambiance and the experience. And restaurateurs and operators never really needed to pay attention to digital that was the some fantastical world that 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 you know you know people who were selling t-shirts needed to pay attention to and obviously we get smacked in the face with the pandemic and all of a sudden all of these restaurants are are empty but these owners and operators obviously needed to continue on they need, needed to survive and so they were a little bit behind the eight ball, not a little bit. They were a lot. There were the, there were a lot of restaurants out there um, in North America and all across the world that just flat out had to learn digital in a very short period of time. And so that's when we saw that that, that that's where that that learning curve, you know, all of this new technology and, and knowledge sort of slaps you in the face and go, okay, what what do I need to figure out first? And so. So to answer your question, Alex, the reason why is because they they didn't have to before. And then all of a sudden, abruptly, overnight, um, they had to learn digital. And that that's where, you know, the 90 Days to Success program comes in. And that's where the education portion, you know, really benefits those um, operators who were open-minded and willing to um, learn something new. And it's those it's it's those operators out there who have the business acumen to to learn new technology, and that 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 gap right there is is it's a willingness to learn, and I and I truly believe that we can all learn something new. Doesn't it, you know it doesn't matter how complicated it, it is necessarily if we put in the time and the effort and we have the support system around us, which which we we genuinely do at modern that that's part of our culture um we are we are genuinely trying to help operators succeed and survive and not just survive but thrive as alex aptly aptly puts on a regular basis and so we're not asking you to learn how to code we're not asking you to create a website or anything like that but there are some basic fundamentals that we love to walk these operators through and so, you know, digital marketing, the, if you if you throw a rock, you're going to hit, you know, 
10 digital marketers, uh, you know, in, in the head, they're, they're, they're a dime a dozen, but the ones that specialize within hospitality, um, are the ones that, that you want to surround yourselves with that are the ones that you want to learn from and the ones who genuinely want you to succeed. And they're not trying to sell you a monthly SEO package. And I know all of the restaurateurs out here have been approached by an SEO professional, um, you know, trying to charge them 500 to 1500, uh, dollars a month to do SEO, which, I mean, that's a whole other episode. Um, but, but, you know, again, uh, to, to make a long answer even longer, um, it, it's a matter of opening yourself up and being willing to learn something new because it's an investment and it will help your restaurant grow. It will help your organization grow. It will help optimize your operations. It will help you move forward and, and continue to thrive. So, so maybe for our listeners here, Gordon, just to, just to expand on that is uh, when you create a brick and mortar store, and then you have service staff, you're creating an ambiance and you're, you're, you're creating a brand awareness based on the look, the feel, the food, the location, everything. On the digital side, it's really important for restaurateurs and, and digital marketers to try to cap- capture that emotion that you want to portray about your business. And that comes down to everything from the high quality images that are provided the descriptions of the food, so they're mouthwatering and appetizing, um, to adding things like calorie counts, but also what is the message that you want your customers to get from your, because really the important thing that I see here compared to the traditional point of sale world, uh, which was where I came from, is this is not an employee facing tool. This is a customer facing tool. It's extremely powerful. So how do we protect that emotion and feeling that you want as an extension of your company brand? Not just merely looking at it as an online ordering you know, piece. It, it really is. I look at it now as the most important piece of technology that a restaurant can have to acquire new customers, retain them, and create that customer loyalty. Um, all while helping reduce your expenses right? Which is more profit back to the restaurateur. So would you say, Alex, that the POS who's been traditionally been the center of restaurant operations, is mobile going to be the next? I'm going to, I remember the days back when, uh, uh, and I'm an older guy, so this goes back a, a while. When we went from pen and paper, the old traditional, hi, what can I get for you? to uh, the first computerized point of sale systems. This is a Romanco. And I tell you, it was so complicated. It made made, made grown men cry, <laughs> seriously. Uh, and then we there was an evolution. Uh, so the point of sale systems got easier. They became more important as a tool. And we gravitated from why do we go from pen and paper? Because now we have controls in place. It's helping reduce the cost. It's a piece of equipment that is an investment that makes sense to restaurateurs because they're getting a return on their investment, right? It's helping them increase their profitability. It's helping them operate their, their business. It's helping putting controls in place. I see this as the next extension from the point of sale system and, and an important one. And one once restaurateurs fully understand the power of what we have here, um, that is when we're really going to start to see the shift. And we're seeing it already because there's going to be a lead with certain restaurants. And just like everything, when Starbucks and McDonald's and Tim Hortons introduced online ordering, 
Well, guess what? They set the precedent. Now everybody else is following. Um, and that's normally the way. But they're starting to invest heavily into the data and being able to market back to the customer. So this is a way for a small independent or mid-sized restaurant chain literally to compete with the big boys without having to invest tens or hundreds, if not millions of dollars for a solution like what we have to offer. That's a great point. I got a question for Jose, you know, based on uh, uh, where we're seeing the industry move right now, I'd like to see if you can help explain to us what it means to have a highly configurable solution for both enterprise and to the smaller independent restaurant tour in comparison to a one size fits all approach. That's, that's a great question. Um, so what, what, we know as or the first stage of online ordering um it's what we've experienced as as of today which is that uh very similar to e-commerce right so we've learned through a website's a website uh, a store is a store and therefore that's how we started to create what is actually the online restaurant experience moving into in through a website right now as you as you know every restaurant is different and when it comes to serving someone in real in like in real life when when a guest is at the restaurant there are so many possibilities in how how you can offer an experience and uh, we're in the infancy of what that experience looks like for uh, a restaurant and a brand to be able to transfer that emotional connection that someone has to the experience in real life, the brand, and you know, it's like a Pavlovian thing, the restaurant, you think about the brand and you think about the restaurant, you think about the burger that you had, you had, you, you remember the smile of the, of you the want, food. you want to get my mouth watering, right? <laughs> Truly. You remember the laugh with, with the, with the funny waiter, uh, the guy at the bar, the you know all of that it, it's encompassing of what the brand is meant to evoke when you see it right so that 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 power um now we need to be able to or a brand the power of online is that it should be able to actually offer that online okay i have um i i, I will never forget um the ex an experience of mine with a with a client of ours that uh, when people met me, I'd say, hey, have you ordered from there? And, uh, and they would say, oh, my God, that's that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Um, and they'd say, oh, my God, I love it. It's like being there. It's just like it's, it's very similar to like ordering. You know, when you go to the restaurant, you're there. The waiter usually st stands there with you to give you recommendations and what to pair this with that and the aioli that people prefer for this burger or this other one and what to add to it and what are the favorites and they stay there like for five minutes and sometimes um uh and and so what what the feedback was that it was like it was like being there and the way that that the flow for that restaurant the, the way that it was organized it was exactly that where you sit and and when you the pairings are offered and then you go to the next part and then the other pieces are there and then the drinks and da, 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 all of that replicated inside an online experience in a way that feels that uh it just like you have like the feedback that I that I was that I was getting was like it was like having the waiter there but instead of the 5 minutes that sometimes they only had 3 because if if the restaurant was busy they could only do so much sometimes they only have 3 seconds Sometimes exactly. Are you good? Are you good? 
Can I get you anything? And they're up, right? <laughs> so in this case, get you uh, when your mouth is full. That's when they come. Exactly. Yes. Every, I think that's a requirement, actually. Yeah. Yeah. In, so now it's in your own time without forgetting a single aioli or combination that they recommend with all the possibilities and more. And in a way that makes sense, that replicates what they may have had in the same experience in the same order um, as it was in real life. So that in same order and, and replicating that experience is what a flexible and configurable system should be able to offer as a difference between brands. Um, additionally, there's, there's, uh, there's different ways of serving. Like now, yes, we know uh, takeout, uh, delivery. Uh, but nowadays, I mean, we have uh, the table service or QR code. Uh, as classroom as delivery. Classroom delivery. There's there's stall ordering. Um, in room dining. McDonald's. You, you come and there's a stall there that you park and you start making calls and stuff. As you, you place it, put the number, the stall number, they bring it to you. Uh, curbside pickup. You you arrive and then describe the car, and then they bring. They look for the car. They bring it to you. Very similar, but the difference is that, for example, as as much as they're very similar, there's subtleties that 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 make the experience different. Where you come, it's like this is a spot, another another preferential experience that I I I park in stall one, and I'm I'm here with the kids waiting, and I'm. And I had the time to order and everybody, they feel like they're in McDonald's without leaving the car. So you don't have to be rallying them around and everything like that, but you're having that McDonald's. Let's go to McDonald's, but you never left. So now, I read, these... uh, I, I just to add, add to that, I read recently that there's a big national chain. I'm not going to name who it is, but they're currently testing out drive through without going to the big speaker menu board. But the drive-through is all going to be used. I keep pointing to my phone uh, with with the device as the ordering tool. Now, if you've ever seen one of those menu boards, uh, they're definitely not cheap. Those are tens of thousands of dollars. But um, the purpose of this pilot for this particular chain is to improve the experience and improve the expediency of getting that order back to the customer. And they've done enough testing already to prove that this works. And once the pilot's complete, we will likely see this chain wide right across the country. And I think that's part of the configurable part that we're talking about is as we understand the solution that's in front of us and we, we have it in practice and we want to extend it or grow it or add more features or functions in our business, a highly configurable solution will adapt to our business needs instead of the other way around where we have to adapt to the, the flexibility or lack of uh, whatever the system has to offer. Mm -hmm. That, that, that chain is McDonald's, isn't it? You don't have no, it, to, you it's, don't have it's to. not, but uh, <laughs> I, I won't say who it is, but I'll tell you it's not. They're, I mean, they're making create, they're making really, really big moves in the digital space and they are all in on on mobile ordering and 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 e-commerce so what what they do that are they they and mcdonald's um because it's already out there uh is that actually they when you they haven't gotten completely fine-tuned especially here um they do have the geofence to locate the distance of the car and the busyness of the drive-through so that when you place the order 
they they time the the production of the of the order depending on on the geofence that where you're located and if there's a line they calculate everything so that you go through it like if you were placing an order on like spoken but it's a little bit faster and and it's timed exactly so that it's the the maximum experience of the of the order by the time you pick it up Sim similar to the 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 back of house um speed and efficiency that they're they've become famous for right that's right. what they that's right you know the the success of these fast food chains has been about their innovation on how quickly they can get the product to the customer you know an interesting part though when we take a look at these um national organizations um they are paving the way but uh, essentially a smaller independent restaurant they don't even have to have a, a traditional drive-through as we know it but they can create a drive-through that would work very similar using again the technology that costs a small monthly fee without having to go through all the research and development of putting this together um, hoping it might work right uh, so the the risk is really quite minimal to even try or pilot but you have that flexibility that configurability to um, grow with your business needs as needed so, um, you know who would have known we would have been in a labor shortage a year and a half ago um, that was a big surprise right. to a lot of people, not everybody, but to a lot of people, it was a big surprise. Caught everyone off guard. Correct. I agree. I agree. And I think that um, it was, um, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Nobody saw that, um, that that something like that could happen, that if if a particular labor segment shrunk, uh, then, then it would not come back the same way when it opened up it again. dispersed once, really once those people left for other industries they're not coming back into the industry again for um, yeah for for a ton of yeah a, a ton of different reasons it's gonna yeah. take yeah it's gonna take time for it to recorrect itself it has to be new new fresh fresh blood so i have a question for both of you um because i i i have a lot of thoughts about it but but at the same time um i usually like to see what others think is that what do you think is that ethos that 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 point of view that gets in the way of the small rent restaurant tour to think or and and this is of course a, a hypothesis there that that what the big brands doing it's not gonna work or is it what the big brands doing is gotta be so expensive so if a solution provider um is able to at a very affordable and return investment safe proof uh, uh way of delivering or offering this what gets in the way of them seeing that it is available to them too that's a great loaded question as well um from <laughs> my perspective what i see gaining in the way is uh um time um, not having enough of it or not dedicating enough of it to it or having enough resources to be able to have someone to be able to manage this properly. Um, and I know that we're working on solutions for those businesses that don't have the resources so that um, we can take over on the, the digital marketing side. And then they, you know, for a small monthly fee, but a big return on investment, and not having to hire someone in-house, they can get the same 
type of results is if they had their own analysis marketing team working with some of our um, proven techniques to get customers to the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. I mean, uh, time, time is to, to me, time is more valuable than, than money. Um, to answer your question, Jose, I think it's, it's, a, it's multi-pronged for sure. There's a level of intimidation. There's a level of, um, of societal conditioning that the, the big boys will always beat out the little guys, right? The Walmarts will always close the local convenience store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when you go in with that mentality that we cannot compete whatsoever, then, uh, uh, um, an industry leveling tool, like online ordering with your own mobile application sort of does, doesn't resonate necessarily to 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 a small business owner but here we are with that tool that levels that playing field um that tool still opens them up to so many additional uh customer acquisition um you know channels and and that that does allow them to compete so it's not an an all for naught or you know um, a, a losing scenario so um, I think it's mentality and, and, um, you know, if, if going in with the right attitude and, and, and being open to learning those new channels, learning the new technology, doesn't take that long. Um, you know, you really, you really can, you know, maybe, maybe not compete with McDonald's, but you don't have to directly compete with a McDonald's, you can, you can definitely compete in your space and, and, and thrive and, and, and do well, you know? Well, I would go, I'd go, uh, also just to, just to carry on on that note, I, I think there's, um, there's a lot of education from our side, you know, when we're working with, with clients, because there's that old saying, you don't know what you don't know. And they're still not fully understanding, um, what is, capable from them when we're moving into this new type of technology so we're we're doing our best to to work with clients and educate them but there needs to be a buy-in so they got to believe in what they're investing in and they also as we talked about earlier they have to partner so they also have to invest themselves into the product to get the outcome and that's where we started this whole podcast mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you know in in what are we investing in why are we investing in it and how much do I need to invest myself as a business owner um, to get a good return? And why should I invest? And, and those are the questions they need to start ans- asking themselves and know that there is an answer and there is some mentorship along the way, but they also have to be open to it. And most importantly, they need to make time for it. If they don't make time for it, it's no difference than saying, no different than saying, Here's a daily special, but I'm not going to put it on the menu board. I'm not going to put it on the menu. I'm not going to tell the servers. And at the end of the day, I'm going to wonder why I didn't have sell any specials. It's because no one knew it existed. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Flip that around. People know it exists. You're invested in it. The messaging is clear. Guess what? People are going to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Actually, it takes two. It takes two to tango. Absolutely, and, right. and the sad the sad part is that that is that sound like an old man when I say that, right? Uh, it takes two to tango, but I am an old man. So What's I'm okay tango? 
<laughs> it takes it's two not to new, though. It's not new. <laughs> it, it takes two to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to rave. <laughs> <laughs> to rave. That's still old. That's 40s. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <old>. right. <laughs> all right, guys. Here, I, 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 I know that uh, we're all pressed for time here. There's, there's lots on the go. Thank you guys for um, participating, showing up here, uh, shedding some insight, you know, from your you know, vast experience, many, many years of experience. And um, not just not just from a, a place of experience, but a, a place of genuine um, care and, and genuine passion uh, to see merchants and operators um, thrive and do well and succeed. You know, I, I, I echo those sentiments. I, I genuinely care about the, the, you know, the people that I work with. Uh, not just within our organization, but but outside it as well. So I want to thank you guys for spending the time. I want to thank the people for tuning in uh, to the Restaurant Growth Show Episode 1. Uh, this has been a blast, and I can't wait for Episode 2. Thanks, Me guys. Too. All right. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Awesome. Okay. Love that we keep going on forever.